Rossies.com. Add comfort to your gift list. Meet their styles from men's and women's shoes to a wide array of bags. Discover sustainable styles made for all. Better for the planet. Rothy's believes there's a way to do things, one that puts the planet and its people first. From better materials to manufacturing and finally to recycling, Rothy's is committed to closing the gap at every step. Give $20, get $20. Tell a friend about Rothy's and you'll both get $20 off your next purchase. So go ahead, tell a friend. The gift is choice. Take the guesswork out of gifting with a pick that never goes out of style. Stay in the know. Try Rothy's today for better comfortable shoes that are better for the planet. Talkspace.com. Feeling better starts with a single message. Support for the individual, couples, teens, psychiatry, and management management. Talkspace accepts insurance, rated number one online therapy, one million users, employee stress, check report what's behind the great resi- resignation, read the results of this year's survey, introducing more flexibility, learn about how Talkspace has updated their line sessions format to better serve you. Mental health checkup. Take a short online test to get answers about your mental health. How Talkspace works. Brief assessment. Answer a few questions about your preferences. Pick your therapist. Select from a list of recommendations. Start therapy. Begin the journey toward a happier you. Benefits of Talkspace. Eliminate commute time and scheduling hassles. Flexible plans to meet your needs and lifestyle. Seamlessly switch therapists at no extra cost. Save money while receiving high-quality care. Ready to get started? Talkspace offers comprehensive online mental health treatment options to meet your all your needs via video, messaging, or phone. Online therapy, ongoing support from a licensed therapist, couples therapy, relationship-centered therapy that connects you and your partner, teen therapy, specialized therapy for ages 3, 13 to 17, Psychiatry, evaluations on psychiatric medication management, more like more than 60,000 five-star reviews. Licensed providers providing a range of specialties to meet your specific needs in areas like depression, relationships, anxiety, and stress, parenting, LGBTQIA, cetronic illness, eating disorders, anger management, childhood abuse, Mood disorders, old trauma and grief, substance abuse, family conflict, and much more. <coughs> Get matched today. Talkspace versus face-to-face therapy. 80% found Talkspace to be as effective or more effective than tr- traditional therapy. 98% found Talkspace to be more convenient than traditional therapy. Talkspace for business. Talkspace partners with employers' health plans, and schools to make mental health care more available and affordable. Good morning. I'll be starting the second book of Laura Ingalls Wilder's Little House on the Prairie, Chapter 1, Going West. 
a long time ago when our grandfathers and grandmothers of today were very were little boys and little girls or very small babies or perhaps not even born, Pa and Ma and Mary and Laura and Baby Carrie left their little house in the big woods of Wisconsin. They drove away and left it lonely and empty and declaring among the big trees, and they never saw that little house again. They were going to the Indian country. Pa said there were too many people in the big woods now. Quite often, Laura heard the ringing thud of an axe, which is not Pa's axe, or the echo of a shot that did not come from his gun. The path that went by the little house had become a road. Almost every day, Laura and Mary stopped their playing and stared in surprise at a wagon slowly creaking by on that road. Wild animals would not stay in a country where there were so many people. Pa did not like to stay either. He liked the country where the wild animals lived without being afraid. He liked to see the little fawns and their mothers looking at him from the shadowy woods and the fat, lazy bears eating berries in the wild berry patches. In the long winter evening, he talked to Ma about the western country. In the west, the land was level and there were no trees. The, gra- the grass grew thick and high. There were... There the wild animals wandered and fed as though they were in a pasture that stretched much farther than a man could see, and there were no settlers. Only Indians lived there. One day in the very last of the winter, Pa said to Ma, Seeing you don't object, I've decided to to go see the West. I've had an offer for this place, and we can sell it now for as much as we're ever likely to get enough to give us a start in a new country. Oh, Charles, must we go now, Ma said. The weather was so cold and the snug house was so comfortable. If we are going this year, must we go? We must go now, said Pa. We can't get across the Mississippi after the ice breaks. So Pa sold the little house. He sold the cow and calf. He made hickory bows and fastened them upright to the wagon box. Ma helped him stretch white canvas over them. In the thin dark before morning, Ma gently shook Mary and Laura till they got up. In firelight and candlelight, she washed and combed them and dressed them warmly over their long red flannel underwear. She put wool petticoats and wool dresses and long wool stockings. She put their coats on them and their rabbit skin hoods and their red yarn mittens. Everything from the little house was in the wagon except the beds and the tables and chairs. They did not heed need to take these because Pa could, could always make new ones. There was thin snow on the ground. The air was still cold and dark. The bare trees stood up against the frosty stars, but in the cat east, the sky was pale, and through the gray woods became, came lanterns with wagons and horses bringing Grandpa and Grandma and aunts and uncles and cousins. Mary and Laura clung tight to their rag dolls and did not say anything. The cousins stood around and looked at them. Grandma and all the aunts hugged and kissed them and hugged and kissed them again, saying goodbye. Pa hung his gun on to the wagon bows inside the canvas top where he could reach it quickly from the seat. He hung his bullet pouch and powder horn beneath it. He laid the fiddle box carefully between pillows where jolting would not hurt the fiddle. The uncles helped him hitch the horses to the wagon. All the cousins were told to kiss Mary and Laura, so they did. Pa picked up Mary and then Laura and set them on the bed in the back of the wagon. Ma helped Ma climb up to the Wagon seat, and Grandma reached up and gave her baby Carrie. Paul swung up and sat beside Ma and Jack, and the Brenda Bulldog went under the wagon. So they all went away from the log, little log house. The shutters were over the window, so the little house could not see them go. It stayed there inside the log fence behind the two big oak trees that in the summertime had made green roofs for Mary and Laura to play under, and that was the last of the little house. Pa promised that when they came to the west, Laura should see a papoose. 
What is a papoose? She asked him, and he said, a, a papoose is a little brown Indian baby. They drove a long way through the snowy woods till they came to the town of Pepin. Mary and Laura had seen it once before, but it looked different now. The door of the store and the store... The door of the store and the doors of all the houses were shut. The stumps were covered with snow, and no little children were playing outdoors. Big cords of wood <coughs> stood among the stumps. Only two or three men in boots and fur caps and bright fly coats were to be seen. Ma and Laura and Mary ate bread and molasses in the wagon, and the horses ate corn from nose bags. While inside the store, Pa traded furs for things they would need on the journey. They could not stay long in the town. Because they must cross the lake that day. The enormous lake stretched flat and smooth and white all the way to the edge of the gray sky. Wagon tracks went away across it and so far that you could not see where they went. They ended in nothing at all. Paul drove the wagon out onto the ice following those wagon tracks. The horse's hoofs clopped. Clopped with a dull sound, the wagon wheels went crunching. The town grew smaller and smaller behind, till even the tall store was only a dot. All around the wagon, there was nothing but empty and silent space. Laura didn't like it, but Pa was on the wagon seat, and Jack was under the wagon. She knew that nothing could hurt her while Pa and Jack were there. At last, the wagon was pulling up a slope of earth again, and again there were trees. There was a little log house, too, among the trees, so Laura felt better. Nobody lived in the little house. It was a place to camp in. It was a tiny house and strange with a big fireplace and rough bunks against all walls. But it was warm and Pa had built a fire in the fireplace. That night, Mary and Laura and baby Carrie slept with Ma in a bed made on the floor before the fire while Pa slept outside in the wagon to guard it and the horses. It was a night... It, in the night, a strange noise wakened Laura. It sounded like a shot, but it was a sharper and longer than a shot. Again and again, she heard it. Mary and Carrie were asleep, but Laura couldn't sleep until Ma's voice came softly through the dark. Go to sleep, Laura, Ma said. It's only the ice cracking. The next morning, Pa said, it's lucky we crossed yesterday, Carolyn. We w- wouldn't wonder if the ice broke up today. We made a late crossing, and we're lucky it didn't start breaking up while we were out in the middle of it. I thought about that yesterday, Charles Ma replied gently. Laura hadn't thought about it before, but now <coughs> But now she thought what would happen what would have happened if the ice had cracked under the wagon wheels and they had all gone down into the cold water in the middle of that vast lake. You're frightening somebody, Charles Ma said, and Pa caught Laura up in a safe big hug. We're across the Mississippi, he said. Hugging her joyously, how do you like that little half pint of sweet cider, half drunk up? Do you like going out west where Indians live? Laura said she liked it, and she asked if they were in, in the Indian country now, but they were not. They were they were in Minnesota. It was a long, long way to Indian territory. Almost every day, the horses traveled as far as they could. Almost every night, Pa and Ma made camp in a new place. Sometimes they had to stay several days in one camp because a creek was in flood and they couldn't cross it till the water went down. They crossed too many creeks to count. They saw strange woods they saw strange woods and hills and stranger country with no trees. They drove across rivers on long wooden bridges bridges and they came to one wide yellow river that had no bridge. That was a that was a Missouri River. Pa drove onto a raft and they all sat still in the wagon while the raft went swaying away from the safe land and slowly crossed all that rolling, muddy yellow water. 
After more days, they came to hills again in the valley. The rain, the wagon struck, stuck fast in the deep black mud. Rain poured down and thunder crashed and lightning flared. There was no place to make camp and build a fire. Everything was damp and chill and miserable in the wagon, but they had to stay in it and eat cold bits of food. Next day, Pa found a place on a hillside where they could camp. The rain had stopped, but they had to wait a week before the creek went down and the mud dried so that Pa could dig the wagon wheels out of it and go on. One day, while they were waiting, a tall, lean man came out of the woods riding a black pony. He and Pa talked a while, then they went off into the woods together, and when they came back, both of them were riding black ponies. Pa had traded the entire brown horses for those ponies. They were beautiful little horses, and Pa said they were not really ponies. They were western mustangs. They were strong as mules and gentle as kittens. Pa said they had large, soft, gentle eyes <coughs> and long manes and tails and slender legs and feet much smaller and quicker than the feet of horses in the big woods. When Laura asked what their names were, Paul said that she and Mary could name them. So Mary named one Pitt and Laura named the other Patty. When the creek's war, roar was not so loud and the road was drier, <coughs> Paul dug the wagon out of the mud. He hitched Pitt and Patty to it and they all went on together. They had come in the covered wagon all the long way from the big woods of Wisconsin across Missouri and Iowa and Missouri. All that long way, Jack had trotted under the wagon. Now they set out across, set out, set out to go across Kansas. <coughs> Kansas was an endless flat land covered with tall grass blowing in the wind. Day after day, they traveled in crangers and saw nothing but the rippling grass and enormous sky. In a perfect circle, the sky curved down to the level land, and the wagon was in the circle's exact middle. All day long, Pet and Patty went forward, trotting and walking and trotting again, but they couldn't get out of the middle of that circle. When the sun went down, the circle still was still around them, and the edge of the sky was pink. Then slowly, the land became black. The wind made a lowly sound in the grass. The campfire was small and lost it. In so much space, the large stars hung from the sky, glittering so near that Laura felt she could almost touch them. Next day, the land and the same was, the land was the same. The sky was the same. The circle did not change. Laura and Mary were tired of them all. There was nothing new to do and nothing new to look at. The bed was made in the back of the wagon, neatly covered with a gray blanket. Laura and Mary sat on it. The canvas sides of the wagon top were rolled up and tied, so the prairie wind blew in. It whipped Laura's straight brown hair and Mary's golden curls every which way, and the strong light screwed up their eyelids. Sometimes a big jackrabbit bounded in big bounds all away over the flowing grass. Jack paid no attention. Poor Jack was tired, too, and his paws were sore from traveling so far. The wagon kept on jolting. The canvas tops snapped in the wind. Two faint wheel tracks kept going away from behind the wagon, always the same. Pa's back was hunched. The reins were loose in his hands. The wind blew his long brown beard. Ma sat straight and quiet, her hands folded in her lap. Baby Carrie slept in the nest among the soft bundles. Ah, oh, wow, Mary yawned, and Laura said, Ma, can't we get out and run behind the wagon? My legs are so tired. No, Laura said. No, Laura, Ma said. Are we going to camp pretty soon? Laura asked. It seemed such a long time since noon. 
when they had eaten their lunch sitting on the clean grass in the shade of the wagon. Paul answered, Not yet. It's too early to camp now. I want to camp now. I'm so tired, Laura said. Then Ma said, Laura, that was all. And then Ma said, Laura, that was all, but it meant that Laura must not complain, so she did not complain any more out loud. But she was still naughty inside. She sat and thought complaints to herself. Her legs ached and the wind wouldn't stop blowing her hair. The grass waved and the wagon jolted and nothing else happened for a long time. We're coming to a creek or a river. Pa said, girls, can you see those trees ahead? Laura stood up and held to one of the wagon bows. Far ahead, she saw Laura. Low, dark smudge. That's trees, Pa said. You can tell by the shape of the shadows. In this country, trees mean water. That's where we'll camp tonight. Thank you for listening to this episode of Laura Ingalls Wilder's Little House on the Prairie. Stay tuned for Chapter 2. I hope you stay safe. There's a coronavirus pandemic that extends to 2022. As we look forward to enormous and have the vaccines out, if that could ever happen. As always, have a good week and thank you for listening.